we're going to learn today that, that God doesn't see things the way we see them. Have you ever thought about that before? He doesn't see things the way we see them. His perspective is a little bit different than ours. So we're talking about God's vantage point. God's vantage point. And it's found in Isaiah chapter 55. We're going to follow on the screen or in your notes or maybe in your Bible. It says this. It says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. And my ways are not your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth... In other words, just like the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. When you think about that, when you think about how he thinks differently, when he sees differently, he has a different perspective than we do. When, when you're facing something difficult, when you're in a dark hour, it's good for us to remember when, when you know that, remember this, that light is more powerful than darkness. His ways are not our ways. Come on, somebody. That truth is stronger than lies and that there's more grace in God than there is sin in us. That there's more power in the Holy Spirit to convict us of sin than there is power in hell to tempt us to sin. We got to remember that. That his ways are higher. His ways are not our ways. And he goes on to say, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven... And they don't return to it without watering the earth and making it flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. In the same way, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. He says, it will not return to me empty. It will not come void. It'll happen. In other words, he says, it'll accomplish what I desire and achieve for it to accomplish. So he makes this promise to us that if I say something, if I speak something, because my thoughts are so high, my ways are so high, if I speak my word, no matter what's going on in your life today, it's going to happen. Amen? It's not going to come back void. It's not going to return to him empty, no matter what's going on in your situation. So you're gonna, he says, you're going to go out in joy. You're going to be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you. And the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper, a pine tree. I like some pines, but they give me allergies, so I don't know if I like them that much. You know what I'm saying? He says, the thorn bush, instead of the thorn bush, the, the pine will grow the juniper. And instead of the, the, the briars, the myrtle will grow. And this will be for the Lord's renown an everlasting sign that will endure forever. In other words, I'm not going to do this for you. I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it because I see some things about your condition that you don't see. I see further. I see deeper. I see beyond your situation, God's saying to Israel. And when you think about it, when this was written, things weren't going well for Israel. They were exiled into an enemy nation. They were living in captivity, yet God says, oh, I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for you. I, I, I see a different perspective. There was pain. There, they had been exiled, and, and the mountains were not bursting with joy. The trees were not clapping their hands. There was briars. There was thorns. There had been bad decisions. There was a mess. There was conflict everywhere. Yet God says, I see something that you don't see, and I have a perspective I have a perspective that's higher than the, than the perspective you have about your own life. We're, we're looking at our own life like this, right? Just so close. But we've got to back up a little bit. We've got to get God's vantage point. And so that's what I want to talk about today is this vantage point that God has. Now, this week, 
Annalise and I watched a movie called Vantage Point. Has anybody ever seen that movie before? Vantage Point. Man, it was a good show. It was a good, good flick. It's got um, Dennis Quaid in it. He's like 150 years old. Man, he, uh, he's been in everything. And then, the, and, and, and then uh, Forrest Whitaker was in it. You're watching this show, and like, like, like 15, 20 minutes in, you're like, okay, this is cool. And then it just stops and rewinds, and you're like, what is going on? What's Amazon Prime? What is happening right now? Why is this going backwards? And then it starts all over again. And about six or seven times, it does the whole story from different people's vantage points, from their perspective and from their angle. And here's what I, I thought about that is that a lot of times in our life, we only see things from one angle. You know, when I'm watching that movie, I'm, 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 st- I'm like Sherlock Holmes. I'm like, oh, I got your number now. I know what happens now. I, I, I see who's doing what, right? You see the different angles. But in life, sometimes we only see one perspective, one vantage point about our kids, one perspective about our marriage or our family or our job. But God wants us to have his vantage point about our lives and about people around us. Why? Because it changes everything. Changes everything. So the definition of a vantage point is is just simply this. A vantage point is a place or a position affording a good view of something. In other words, it provides a larger, higher view, a broader perspective perspective. You can kind of back up, get like this 10,000 foot view. It's kind of like the, the way we talk to our kids sometimes. We give our kids this speech. You know, I've got four boys and sometimes, you know, you, you're trying to get them to do something that you want them to do and you, you just have a different vantage point. So you say, I've been 13 before. You ain't never been 36. You don't know what you're talking about. I've had a job. I pay some bills. I know what I'm talking about. I'm a man. I'm 40, right? Remember, remember Gundy, the coach of OSU? He did that a few years ago. I'm a man. I'm 40. We do that sometimes. Why? Because we have a different vantage point. Get up off that couch. You know what I'm saying? Just We have a different vantage point, and we, we say things like, or maybe, here's a softer one. Maybe it's the single person who goes to the married couple. Oh, hey, um, how do you know when you've found the right one? And the married person says, you just know. What? You just know? My no is broke. I don't know who I'm supposed to marry. I'm thinking to punch you in the face. I don't know. But why does the married person say that? Because they have a different vantage point. Oh, you just know. No, I don't know. I don't know. I'm confused. But the parents have different vantage points than children and married couples have different vantage points than, than, than singles and, and all the way around. It, it, we, have, we see things from different angles. And so God wants us to live with his vantage point as we see our families, as we see and care about other people. So here's the truth. I need you to get this today, that we all start out in this life with a disadvantage. Not socioeconomically. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a spiritual disadvantage. We're disadvantaged because of sin. And all of us have sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says that, and he puts, this puts us at a disadvantage. It puts us at, at this disadvantage of being far, being away from God. But the good news is this, God loved us so much that he gave his only son to pay the price. So from God's vantage point, let, let me, I want you to hear this. From God's vantage point, you weren't too far gone. You were still valuable. 
You were worth the price, so he sent his son. And so Jesus paid the price so that we would now have the advantage of grace and mercy, to go from disadvantaged to advantage. We have this advantage of grace and mercy. And because we said yes to the advantage of grace and mercy, we see from the vantage point. We see from that point of view of grace and mercy. And because we accepted that advantage, now we get to give it to somebody else. We get to give that advantage to other people. And that's what happens when we serve. When we serve other people, it gives them an advantage. It helps them see themselves the way God sees them. When we serve others, it helps us see them the way God sees them. When you visit the nursing home, when you do yard work for an elderly couple who can't afford it or they can't do it themselves, or maybe you build a wheelchair ramp for somebody who hadn't been out of their house in nine months, or you stuff care packages for the homeless, you're the hands and feet of Jesus. And you help them see from God's vantage point. You see them from God's vantage point. You're helping them see that God cares about them, that they're not alone, they're not too far gone, and that they have not been forgotten. So that's what happens when we serve. And I love this passage from Isaiah that helps us to just remember that God has his own ways, his own thoughts, and they're not our thoughts. They're higher. They're greater than our thoughts. But I want to take you to Acts chapter 3. And it's this story that I think is a perfect picture of serve day. It's a story of Peter and John. And, and Jesus has already died on the cross. He rose again. The the church has been birthed. These guys are busy preaching and praying and giving and serving. Man, they're, they're, they're just busy doing what they do, leading the church. And they go to the temple one day for prayer, and that's where we pick up the story, Acts chapter 3. It says this, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. And as they approached the temple, they saw a man, lame from birth, carried along the street, and laid beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, as was his custom every day. Now let me pause here and just, just kind of say this. This man's custom every day is to be dropped off at the, at the beautiful gate every single day. Peter and John, they're, they're, they're preachers. They go to the same temple every single day to pray, multiple times a day. The chances that they've seen this man before are pretty high. Because he's there every single day. But this day is a little bit different. For whatever reason, they see this man from God's vantage point. But from this guy's vantage point, he's just a lame beggar. Every day, his friends bring him to the gate and they drop him off right outside the gate. He's not welcome inside the gate. He has to stay outside the gate. It's like the, he's halfway there. They drop him off so close to life change, so close to an encounter with God, so close to being able to have this relationship with God, but they just drop him off halfway there. Halfway there. Church, can I tell you, I'm glad we're not a church that, that leaves people halfway. We, we've got to help people, yes, but we've got to tell them about Jesus. We've got to help people, but we've got to tell them how Jesus is a healer. We've got to help people, yes, but we've, we, we, can't just, we can't just help them. We can't just fix their issues. We've got to tell them about the power of God in their lives. We can't leave them halfway. And as Peter and John were passing by, this guy kind of perks up and he asks for some money. Oh, this is my chance. And, and, and it, 
I don't know why he's a beggar. He's been, he was born crippled. I don't understand why he's in this position. We don't know if maybe he is exploited. Maybe he's in human trafficking. And maybe he's forced to be there every single day. I don't, we don't know. Maybe his parents made him do that just so that he could have some sort of income. We don't know why he's there. But Peter and John see him from a different vantage point. You know, for us, our vantage point might be, come on, dude, get a job. Well, what if you put as much effort in a real job as you did begging for money? Maybe that's our vantage point. Man, I don't feel comfortable giving you cash because I don't really know what you'll do with it, but I'll, I'll go get you a, a meal, my, our vantage point. Maybe our vantage point is, is you're not my responsibility. Why don't you talk to your parents about that? I'm, I'm not going to help you. I'm not going to serve you. But God has a different vantage point. And it goes on to say that they looked at him intently. And then Peter said, look here, look at my eyes. Look at me. And the lame man looked up eagerly, expecting a gift. Oh, man, he's thinking to drop some coin. I'm, we're going to be good. But no, Peter said, we don't have any money for you. What? You don't have any money. But he says, I'll give you something else. Hey, man, I ain't got no money for you, but I'll go get you a Big Mac. I mean, you want me to do that for you? Right, no, Peter doesn't give him a Big Mac. He doesn't give him a, a handout. What happens is Peter says, we, we don't have any money for you, but I, I'll give you something else. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up off of that thing and dance till you feel better. Get up off of that thing. Say, try to release the pressure. Say, get up off of that thing. Come on. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say Y'all like Sister Act, that's a, that's a love that. Get up off of that thing. Peter pulls him up in verse 7 and 8. He says, it says, Peter took the lame man by the hand. He pulled him to his feet. And as he did, the man's feet and ankle bones were healed and strengthened. So he came up with a leap. Did y'all get that? He didn't just come up like, oh. No, he came up with a leap. And, and it says... He began walking around, then walking, leaping, and praising God. He went into the temple with them. And then it says in verse 9, when the people inside him saw him walking around and praising God, they realized he was the lame beggar that they had seen so often at the beautiful gate. What's up with this guy? Isn't he the one we just saw outside? You know what another miracle took place? Is that this did, he didn't have rehab. You know what I'm saying? Like he got up and walked. You don't, you don't like, you don't have, you don't be a cripple and then just get up and walk unless it's a miracle. <laughs> unless it's a miracle. And this guy, this lame man from birth, a miracle has happened before their eyes and they're amazed at it. It says that they were inexpressibly surprised. I can't believe this. In verse 11, they rushed to Solomon's hall where he was holding tightly to Peter and John. He's like, I'm not letting you go. And everyone stood there, awed by the wonderful thing that had just happened. Peter saw his opportunity. What was Peter's opportunity? His opportunity was to give these people an advantage. Because he served this man, because they served this lame man, now they had an opportunity to give everybody in the temple an advantage, to know Jesus, a different vantage point. And so he says, Peter says, why are you looking at me? 
Why are you looking at us? Why are you surprised about this? Why, why do you look at us as though we, by our own power and godliness, made this man walk? He didn't, Peter says, it's the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and Jacob and all of our ancestors who brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. And here's the kicker. I refer to the Jesus whom you rejected. What Peter does is he says, I'm just going to refer to Jesus. Look, I'm not talking about me. It's not about me. I didn't heal this guy. I can't do anything. I didn't do anything miraculous. I don't have the power or the ability to do that. I just refer to Jesus. I refer to Jesus. What if, what if we lived our lives in such a way that we referred people to Jesus? We referred people to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords by the way we serve, by the way we give, by the way we love people. And that's what Serve Day is all about. This Saturday, it's about, it's about being a referral to Jesus, being a witness, not telling people how bad they are, but just saying, this is what he did in my life. This is how he changed me because he knows you better than I know you. His thoughts about you are higher than my thoughts about you. He has an understanding of your past and your present and your future that I don't have. He knows what you're going through and he sees everything differently. So this is what I want for you today. I want for you to find purpose through serving others. Our lives We can't keep going down this rabbit trail of selfishness where everything's always about us and me and mine. Serving's about getting our eyes off ourselves and putting them on somebody else. You see, the people were so used to addressing this lame man by his position that they didn't address his purpose. They couldn't see a purpose in him. Oh, he's just the lame beggar. They, they addressed him by his, by his position. Oh, he's the guy who can't walk. Oh, he's, he's the bum by the street corner. Well, he's, he's the beggar. Oh, he's the one whose mom and dad quit taking care of him 12 years ago. He's the one who can't do anything on his own. They identified him by his position, but never his purpose. They saw him in his lameness, but not his legacy. And so often we refer to people in their position of their past, the position of their present. But what we should be doing is speaking to them about the purpose and the potential that God has for them. Amen. Yeah, y'all can get praise. That's... Yes, because we... God doesn't refer to us based on our position. He refers to us based on on our purpose and our potential. And that's why everything we do here at City Hope. Everything we do here leads into the growth track. We want you to discover your purpose. We want you to find the sweet spot, what God has called you to do. And and we do the growth track every single month. Today is step one of the growth track. It happens after both of our services, right after this service, after baptism. Step one's all about finding out if this ought to be your church or not. We'll help you discover, should this be my home church? Is this where God wants us? And step two and three and four is all about your purpose and what God's put inside of you. We want, we want you to discover that. We believe that we are not fulfilled until we're living, not for ourselves, but for somebody else. Amen? So check this out. Because Peter and John were willing to be used by God, they were used by God. 
I'm going to say that again. Because they were willing to be used by God, they were used by God. Are you willing? Are you ready to be used by God? They saw this man through God's vantage point. This lame man now had an advantage. And this is the idea of serve day. This is what it's all about. Serve day is not just about changing someone's external condition, but it's about giving them someone who can change their eternal condition. I'm preaching. If we change their external condition, but don't change their internal condition, we lose. Because social justice without spiritual justice is not justice. Social justice without spiritual justice isn't justice. We take care of somebody's need but didn't give them Jesus, we lose. Because eternity matters. Eternity matters. This is the heartbeat of serve day. So we come together to make a difference. We're cutting hedges. We're painting a fence. We're painting a face. We're building a garden. We're packing hygiene kits. We're visiting nursing homes. We're giving out hamburgers and hot dogs to people we don't know. Why? Just to tell them that Jesus loves them, and we do too. And I wonder how many people in Wichita Falls are waiting to be healed. They're waiting for somebody to reach down and grab them by the hand. They're waiting to be helped. They're waiting for somebody to pull them up out of their misery, for somebody to pull them up out of their position, to pull them up out of their pain and out of their struggle. And I want to tell you something today. This is how you sum up serve day, is when you take your natural, your ability to push a lawnmower, to run some, a chainsaw, to weed eat, to pressure wash, to build a wheelchair ramp, to do whatever it is, your, your ability to run a mop or a vacuum or to, to help somebody and need to pick up trash along the freeway. You're, you take your natural and you put it with God's super and he will do something supernatural through you. A hundred percent. I believe it. So I want to close out today by giving you some some M&Ms of God's vantage point. I don't know why they're called M&Ms. Probably I was thinking about M&Ms. I like peanut M&Ms. I like regular M&Ms. I don't like asparagus M&Ms. Or I don't even know if they make those, but I don't like them if they do, right? <laughs> the M&Ms of God's vantage point. Four things that I want you to know is the first one is this, is that we have a mandate. Church. We're the church. Listen to me. Church is not for us. We are the church, and we exist for people not here yet. We are the church, and we exist for people outside of these walls. We have a mandate, and a mandate, there's only one response to a mandate, and it's yes. You don't negotiate a mandate. It's not conditional. It's not if you feel like it. A mandate is yes, I'll do it. God's given us a mandate to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. He's given us a mandate to love people for the cause of Jesus Christ. And that's what Peter and John did. They didn't look above this man. They didn't look beyond him. They looked at him and they saw his need and they were willing to put themselves out there. All right, God, what are you going to do? There was no excuses. Well, you know, Brother Ben, you know, well, I hadn't been a good Christian lately, you know, and, uh, 
I just, we got a lot of drama going on at the house and whatnot. And, you know, we just got a lot of things. I just don't think I can help anybody. No, 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 no. You have something to offer. Since when do you have to be perfect to be the hands and feet of Jesus? Since when do you have to have everything together to be used by God? For him? Since when? You don't have to be perfect to be used by God. Just be available. You're a miracle waiting to happen, and it's your availability that gives God an opportunity to do, to do a miracle through you. Your availability gives God an opportunity to do a miracle through you. Just be available. Just put on the red shirt and go make a difference somewhere. So we're, we have a mandate. The answer is yes. We're on a mission, number two. We're on a mission. God's given us a mission to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. To love people with no strings attached. To love people even though they may never come to church here. To love people even though they may slam the door in our face. To, to just be the hands and feet. To be on a mission. To just... Let people know you matter to God and you matter to us. We're on a mission to serve, to reach, to help. And there's one thing, if there's one thing that people know about City Hope, they know that City Hope loves our community. We do things in our community. We're just trying to serve. We're trying to be present in our community. And God gets all the glory for that. But would you want something else? Would you want the opposite? Oh, y'all, that church don't help nobody. We don't want that, right? We want to be the opposite of that. Oh, y'all that church that judges everybody. No. And I'm not saying that that's what other churches do. Don't, don't misunderstand me, but we don't want to be that church. We want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We're on a mission. He has sent us out to make a difference in Wichita Falls, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to give people an advantage. We're not trying to define them. We're not trying to analyze them. We're just going to lift them up out of their situation and watch what the power of God will do in their life. We have a mandate. We're on a mission. Number three, we're mobilized. We are mobilized. We're on the move, y'all. We're not standing still. We're not just waiting. We have a mission already. The Great Commission has been given to us. We know what to do. Now we're going to go do it. We're mobilized through the Serve Day app. We're mobilized through small groups. We're mobilized through the Dream Team, through projects. And we talk about discovering our purpose so often here. But the reason why we talk about it is because when you know your purpose that's when you can be mobilized. That's when you can make the most difference. So this is an all-call, church. This is where I'm saying, hey, everybody, go get a red shirt. Come 8 o'clock Saturday. Let's go make a difference. Let's, let's go to the side of town you're not used to going to. Let's, let's work in a neighborhood that you, you, you've been scared of. Let's, let's do something beyond ourselves. Let's, let's focus on somebody else, and you will make a difference on serve day. I don't care what it is. It'll make a difference. So when we accept the mandate, when we live on mission, when we're, when we're mobilized, when we do those three things, number four, this is what happens. Number four, the miraculous awaits us. When we live out that mandate, 
when we live out that mission, when we're mobilized, the miraculous awaits us. You never know how God will use you when you stoop down to reach into somebody's life. Pastor Dino Rizzo is the director of the Association of Related Churches. It's, it's the organization that helped us start this church here in Wichita Falls. Pastor Dino was a pastor in, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana for many years at a church called The Healing Place. And now he's the director of, of ARC, as we call it. Recently, he said, when nothing is beneath us, nothing is beyond us. Nothing is beyond us when we're willing to stoop. When we're willing to love, when we're willing to care, when we're willing to cross the tracks. Nothing is beyond us. And there's no telling how God will use your service. Recently I heard Pastor Dino share a story about how serving impacted his life when he was pastoring in Baton Rouge. And it's such a great story. I can't share it any better than him. So I, we've pulled the video, and I want you to watch it and just hear his heart for Serve Day. When Delenn and I were pastoring and trying to love our city, we were in a unique time in our city. The spiritual climate was kind of different. There's some turmoil and just some, some things going on. and felt sometimes that people were being judged and not being loved enough by God. And so we, we just said, let's just go out and bless people. Let's just start serving people. Let's just, love, let's just be the hands and feet of Jesus to our community. Let's extend grace and mercy. So we heard about an idea that a church did. And so we, we got together and uh, I was heading into summer. And so we got to, her and I got together. We asked some college kids to join us. And so we would go out on Fridays and Saturdays uh, in our outreach and we would, um, we would ice down Cokes and water and we would stand at intersections or crosswalks or where people were gathered and we would give out free Cokes and free water, just something free. We don't, didn't want any money, no strings attached, just blessing it. And about 90% of the people would take it. Some people, you know, be like, you know, you go up to the windshield, hey, you like a free Coke? Like, get away! You know, a little nervous and, you know, it's cool, it's cool. We were cool though. And, 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 and then someone want to give you money, we're like, no, no, we don't want any money. That's the opposite. We want to do something for you. It's not about money. At all. We just want to bless you. And we, 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 we put these little cards together. Uh, we have them here at Church Highland. It's our Acts of Kindness cards. We had something like that that just kind of said, you look too thirsty, you know, you know to, to pass. And, and we put a little thing on there. You know, hey, if you ever need us, we're here for you. Just want to be a blessing. And, the, and then on the other side, we did that Mother Teresa quote that, you know, the world's not changed through, you know, big things, but through small acts of kindness. So we would give those out and give out that free water, give out that free Coke. And, uh, we did it one Friday. I mean, it was hot, well, hot in Louisiana. We're back at the uh, at the church washing out ice chests. Me and the lens, a couple kids. An old truck pulls up, maybe like a beater truck. <laughs> a lady jumps out, and says, "How y'all doing? Who's the preacher? Where's the preacher at?" And I was like, "Well, I, I guess that would be me." And she's like, "How you doing? I, I'm from Macomb, Mississippi. I, I do outreach. And I'm the outreach coordinator of our church in Macomb, Mississippi." And she said, uh, "We do outreach." I said, well, "Well, tell me about that outreach." Well, I get up in this here truck and we go over Walmart on Friday and Saturday nights where the teenagers hang up, and I, I get out back in my truck got me a bullhorn and I just preached and tell them they're all going to hell just everybody's going to hell and, wow 
how's that working for you? She said, well, it's not working too good. They run off and then they end up behind Sonic and we chase them over to Sonic. And then they go, go over to the Dollar General and we find them behind the Dollar General. Then we just ride around all night preaching out of the window, bullhorn, everybody going to hell. Wow, praise, praise the Lord. Interesting, Macomb, Mississippi, God be with thee. She said, I think I want to try this. I think that's a good idea. And uh, so she, I gave her some instructions, gave her some cards. Hey, before you leave, leave the bullhorn in, in the truck. Leave the bullhorn in the truck. And so she, uh, so we go on, we do our outreaches. The Lord is my witness. Four weeks later, five weeks later, getting about August now, we're washing out ice chests. Truck pulls up, says, preacher, preacher, I got to tell you something. i tell you what happened. She said, we did that outreach. Left the bullhorn in the truck. Did that outreach. She said, uh, we went out and just love people, just tell people how much God loves them, just loved on people, just talk to people, just talk to people, just there for them. She said, uh, next Sunday after we did the outreach, a mom and two daughters showed up at our church. Said they just had to come see a church, do something for them for free. At the end of the service, that mom and daughters came down, met our preacher and, uh, and, and gave their life to Christ. And, and then on Sunday night, not that same night on Sunday night church, uh, the, the, the daddy came with them close of the service he came down forward talked to the preacher told the preacher I ain't been in church in 25 years he said but I had to come see a church that would do something for my family because we ain't never done nothing for y'all and he received Christ said matter of fact we had a little impromptu baptism got the trough out the back filled it up water and just brought everybody into war just dunked everybody right there come Mississippi and said it was fantastic that family came to Christ and got baptized she said preacher she said on Tuesday morning, that dad of that family, he didn't wake up. He went to be with Jesus in his sleep. She said, we did the funeral at the church on that Thursday. At the close of the funeral, that mom and those two daughters walked up in front of the church and set four Coke cans on top of that casket and said, because you loved us and because you cared for them, their daddy and my husband is in heaven with Jesus Christ because you just never know. It is the power of the gospel. It is the power of the name of Jesus. Our hand extended to broken humanity. It impacts eternity. You never know. Never underestimate your gift. Never underestimate your gift. Never underestimate your serve. God is all up in it. Amen. Come on, give God thanks for that. So God wants to use you like that this weekend, this serve day, this Saturday. Every, every month we do a first Saturday serve, but you never know how God's going to use you. You never know whose eternity you might be impacting. Would you bow your heads with me today? And let me just, um, let me just give you a moment to ask yourself, what's the Holy Spirit saying to me today? What, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? What's he whispering to you? Maybe you feel like the guy in this story where Dino said he, he hadn't been in church in 25 years. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you've just been distant from God. Maybe you've drifted from God. You've, you've separated. Maybe you feel far from God today. Today is a new day. It's a fresh start. You can have a fresh start today. You don't have to be in church to receive Christ as your Savior. You can be on the street corner anywhere else, but there's no better time than right now to give it all to God 
Maybe, maybe that's your day. Maybe today's your day. And you say, Ben, I'm ready to surrender, to quit running, to quit living for myself. I'm ready to surrender and accept Christ as my Lord and my Savior today. If that's you, just lift up your hand, just between me and you. Just say, Ben, that's me. I'm ready to surrender. Give my life to Christ. I'm ready today to surrender to Him. Anybody here today? God bless you. God bless you. They say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I surrender. I believe in you. You are my God, my King. I believe in you. Will you forgive me of my sins? Cleanse me. Make me new. I need a fresh start, a new beginning. Today, I give my life to you. From this day forward, I'll serve you. I'm yours and you are mine. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God thanks today. Let's give God praise. Lord, we thank you for your presence and your power in our lives. Amen. I, I, I feel like I, I just want to I want to say this too, because there's so many of us here today, man, I'm I had snot running down my nose watching that story. Just like crying, sobbing at the power of God and what he can do through us. And maybe you're sitting here today and you're thinking, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. I, I you know, I got something on the calendar. I got I got this. I Maybe you're here today and you say, Ben, it's time for me to stop being selfish, to stop thinking about me all the time and what's in it for me and what's the best thing for me. And, and, and it's time for me to look to somebody else and, and see them through God's vantage point, to see them through God's perspective, to see my family through his perspective, to see my coworkers through his perspective. And so I want to pray for us today that we'll leave here today with his vantage point, with his heart for people. Can I do that? Lord, I thank you that we are your people. God, we carry your heart. We carry your, your passion for our city. And you love our city. God, we, we don't always see our city the way you see it, God. We don't always have your vantage point. We don't, we all, we're very limited. We see through our angle. But Lord, we're asking you today that you give us your heart for our city. To give us your eyes for our city that we would see our city the way you see them, God, from your vantage point, that we would not see them in a position, but we would see them with purpose and potential. So we thank you for that. God, break our hearts for what breaks yours. And as we get ready to serve this weekend, God, we're asking you to anoint it, to use it. Lord, help us to lead people to Christ. Help us to be examples. Help us to refer people to you, to just be a witness in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen.